This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The Darkness Awaits. You are listening to the Secret Transmission Podcast, discussing conspiracies, paranormal, and the strange. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. This is a podcast about the strange and unusual, the secret and conspiracies, the fringe and the supernatural. This is a show where we do little to no research on our topics. We are not professionals in any field except speculation. This is the Secret Transmission Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Jim Jones and Jonestown. I am your host, Satan. Oh, hey. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> And my co-host, Rudy. Creeped out Kristen. Yeah. And today we're going to be talking about <laughs> Jones. <laughs> Satan. Satan, you're getting a lot of amusement out of this massacre, my man. I'm well, a lovely believer of God. I don't even mean to laugh at this. What? There's nothing to laugh at. I'm fucking Satan, bitch. <laughs> Satan, are you proud of this? Is that why you joined us today? Oh, uh, yes, this is my handiwork. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Cults, you created cults, the, cults you created are his the ori- original Kool-Aid man here, man. Cults are his handiwork. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so, uh, I'm, I'm just gonna get out of here. Uh, I'll let, I'll let Toby back in here. Oh, uh, you son of a bitch. Uh, uh, see you guys. Whatever. Fuck you, Later, Satan. Satan. <laughs> Don't like that? What a, what a bastard. I was like, oh, 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 God, the laughter. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, a couple episodes ago, I, I told you, Rudy, that I was going to try to make it interesting on right. each episode. Right. So, uh, yeah, that was Satan. He just stopped by to introduce us. And Okay. So, okay, yeah. yeah. I don't want Satan yeah. to be a part of our episode. Well, this one he has particular, particularly good handiwork in, so. I can come, come back, back anytime I want. Oh, God. It's going to be Satan, this way. stay off the damn microphone. Okay. <laughs> you didn't tell us about a special guest, Toby. You didn't ask. Oh, oh shit. God. I can't handle it. <laughs> Let's just not do that anymore. Don't tell me what to do. Obviously, we're not going to be able to make many jokes after this. No. <laughs> no. I've, I've got a lot of info on there, our, there's our boy a lot Jim of info Jones. On, on Jimmy. So, Jim was born James Warren Jones on May 13th, 1931 mm-hmm. in Crete, Indiana. His father was James Thurman Jones, a disabled World War One veteran and a drunk, apparently. Mm-hmm. It's also possible that he was involved with the Ku Klux Klan. Okay. His mother, her name was Lynetta. She was the one that supported the family. She had multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. It's reported that she believed that before she gave birth to old Jimmy, 
that she thought that she was giving birth to the Messiah. Mm. So let's let's already go ahead and start because I feel like when we do these kind of episodes, we kind of build a profile right off the bat. Mommy's giving him Messiah issues, and Daddy's a drunk, and part of the Ku Klux Klan, which helps him motivate him, which makes him now is that supposedly Jesus child? Yeah, see, and I, Mary. I, I, yeah. Right. You know what, though? Before we get into it, the first half of this, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, that Jim Jones, kind of a weirdo, good guy. Right. It's oh. so weird. There's a, a light switch flip where it well, just goes how crazy. all cults are. You have a fucking... Hey, hey, hey don't say the C word. We didn't, Whoa, no one said man. the C word. Calm down. You get excited, and then you're like, man, this dude knows everything that he's talking about. And then you're like, uh, at the very end, it's like... No, he does not know everything he's thinking about. But they, that's, okay, so most cult people, they have that slick tongue. That's what I call it. <laughs> they do. a term, what do you, oh, like, just, they're smooth? They're smooth. They're oh, okay. a smooth talker. They, they know tongue? how to bring. Silver tongue devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Same thing. Silver tongue, yeah. They bring. Did you call me? No, get out of here. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my god! <laughs> you be careful what you say in this episode. Wait, I have a you feeling. Bring this shit into my house. I fucking fucking. Oh my god! So let me jump back in with Jim. Okay. Uh, he grew up during the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, his family lived in a shack without electricity or inside plumbing. Mm. Oh, how hilarious! Why is that hilarious? Because of what he built later on in life. Shithole. Shithole. <laughs> uh, Jim loved to read and study. He read many books like. The works of Joseph Stalin, Karl Marx, Gandhi, and Adolf Hitler. Okay, three out of the four are kind of red flags. <laughs> so, yeah, you're, yeah, it ex- it explains his views toward things later in life. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So during this time, he also got a fascination with religion, mm-hmm. and it's reported that Jim was a very different kid and didn't have a bunch of friends. Mm-hmm. And that he kind of was wild because he he had a drunker for a, a father. And his and, mom worked all the time. Yeah, so, so there yeah. was no one really to watch him. Right. Oh wow, normal American fucking kid. <laughs> today. Yeah. yeah. So he fit right in with 2017 children. Yeah. So he was obsessed with religion and death. Mm-hmm. Apparently, some reports say he would have funerals for small dead animals. He even went as far as stabbing a cat so he to could death. Bury it. Well, yeah, so he could bury it and have a have funeral. Have a service, yeah. So, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one story of Jim and his father was that Jim brought home one of his black friends. He he brought him home, and his dad wouldn't allow the kid to come inside. And I guess this led... I don't know if this was directly affecting it or if it mm-hmm. was later on the road. Mm-hmm. He didn't speak to his dad for a long time. I think it was... At the time, young Jim Jones couldn't wrap his head around Why the whole his, color issue. Right. So, yeah. Well, he did grow up in that time era, though. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was the time era of... I mean, yeah, because he was... Segregation and all yeah. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he didn't really... His father would have definitely been in the prime era Because you're talking of, like the 40s. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Color was definitely an issue. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's... Hell, it even up until the 70s and 80s, and even today, it's still an issue. Right, yeah. Apparently. I'm sure it's a big issue between, probably with his family, like mm-hmm. his mom and dad. They're like a color issue between the churches kind of thing. Well, I guess at this time, like the church that he started attending was actually a Pentecostal church, mm-hmm. which I don't know anything Weird. about Pentecostals. So while he was attending this Pentecostal church, mm-hmm. uh, I guess he realized like 
the preachers were pretty much like a, a, a positive father figure, you know, to a bunch of people there. And he also noticed that they kind of had power mm-hmm. of, of everyone in, in the uh, what do you, I don't know, a congregation. Congregation. Yeah. Is it still a congregation? It I don't know. Congregation. So, he, you know, he really liked that whole idea of a father figure, uh, a power a, figure. Right, an authoritative figure. Yeah. Jim's parents ended up divorcing, and he moved to Richmond with his mother. He graduated early with honors from Richmond High School in December 1948. Mm-hmm. Very smart kid. Mm-hmm. That's usually the case with some of our serial killers and stuff. Very charismatic Except Ed as Gein. well. Ed Gein was... <laughs> Not saying that Jim is a serial killer. Right. Well, yeah, go, don't don't jump jump the shark. Nope, quite nope. Yet. So June twelfth, nineteen forty nine, Jim Jones and Marceline Baldwin mm-hmm. were married in a double ceremony with her sister. He went to Indiana University in Bloomington for a while. In nineteen fifty one, Jim's father passes away, and he moves to Indianapolis and went to night school at Butler University. Mm-hmm. During the same year, Jones began attending gatherings of the Communist Party USA in Indianapolis. Mm. Communists. Mm-hmm. Damn commies. This would have been 51. It would have been right around the height of the Cold War, Hold on. too. You say damn commies. What? On paper. I'm not I'm not a <laughs> communist, but I want to make this point. Uh-huh. On paper, without a dictator behind it, uh-huh. it's a dream lifestyle of just basically living off of or helping each other. But it doesn't For work. Communists? It doesn't work. No, there's no way it works because right. there, there's always going to be that one person that it, wants more. It uh, Communism is, it's great on paper. That's what I'm saying. That's the only way, but it, it really made, when I was doing all this research and, mm-hmm. and really looking into it, it made me stop and think like, communist isn't a bad thing. Like when you people are like, oh, you commie. Right. It's not a bad thought. It just is impossible. There's no way. It's not possible because of the human element. Yes. We fuck it up. Yes. <laughs> yes, because we're Every greedy. Time. Yeah. yeah. We're greedy and we're, or we're lazy. Greedy or lazy or power. Every single one of us is, is um, subject to power corruption. And we'll get to it, but it almost seems later on like Jim mm-hmm. Jones had something going for the communists, uh, the, the, the socialist uh, lifestyle. Almost had Almost, it. but I mean, certain things. Just because he ended up being kind of a dictator when we get to Oh, it. no, not kind oh, of. He, he straight, straight up. up straight yeah. up, straight up dictator. So, anyways, I just, I wanted to throw that out there because... Right. I, oh, com- <laughs> don't get me wrong. It looks beautiful on paper. Yeah. But the execution is never going to work. Ever. Right. In 1952, Jim decides to enter the ministry and learn to become a pastor at... Somerset Methodist Church mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. He also was a part of the revival preaching circuit. So he actually, you know, went around on those evangelist right. type of things. Right. He later left the church because its leaders barred him from integrating blacks into the congregation. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be like the big theme of, of everything. He right. was, he. Essentially, his churches were. Mimicking that of Southern Baptist black churches. Yes, that's a big thing when mm-hmm. we get to it is right. how he presented it. And even in the documentaries I watched, they were like, he was white, but he preached like a black man. Right. So, and he and the thing is, he accepted everyone and yeah. anyone. Oh, yeah. Regardless. And that's why I'm saying, like, if if you just did half the research on this, mm-hmm. you'd be like, that Jim Jones, what a good guy. What a swell fella. Yeah. Yeah. Around this time when he, he left, Jim also witnessed a faith healing service at a Seventh-day Baptist church. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of people believe he saw the people giving money and and hanging on every word that they were saying mm-hmm. and during the healing and he wanted that for himself. Mm-hmm. In 1952 uh, to about 1953, Jones started a campaign to build a interdenominational denomination. There we go. Interdenominational recreation center for youth. Okay. So he's doing stuff for the kids. Okay. Around 1954, Jim starts selling monkeys door to door. Yes. And this also helps them meet people to invite them to come to the church. Yes. And, you know. I thought that was an odd little tidbit. There's that, not a whole lot on it. Like, that's everything. Right. They were just like, yeah, he sold He monkeys. was like a monkey salesman on but the I side. But I think he was it's also like, picking up women, too. There was something weird about him maybe possibly sleeping with. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of alluded to that because he was apparently very suave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so oh, yeah, smooth. Yeah. On June 11th through June 15th, 1956, Jim organized a religious convention called Cattle Tabernacle to draw a crowd. He brought in Reverend William M. Burnham. Mm-hmm. And I believe this uh, William fellow was a very high respected evangelist. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess he wrote some religious books as well. I don't know if he was a faith healer. Yeah, I guess he was a faith healer, huh? I think so. I believe, if I remember correctly, he was. I could be wrong. Uh, so after this large convention, Jim was able to start his own church. One source says it was originally named Wings of Deliverance, but regardless, he ended up changing it to the People's Temple That's Christian right. Church Full Gospel. Yep, the People's so, Temple. The People's Temple. It eventually got shortened to the People's Temple. Yeah, but yeah. In 1958, Jim and his wife adopted two Korean children, mm-hmm. Stephanie and Lou Eric. On May 11th, 1959, Stephanie died in a car accident. Mm -hmm. And I only saw this in one source, so Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then I guess Jim adopted her friend who lived in the same orphanage, Mm -hmm. like, to replace her. I I don't... It's kind of confusing. Yeah, no, the the adoption thing is really confusing. Because at one time they say that they only adopted three, and that, but he's got, I don't know, I get... I get really confused on the yeah. whole adoption thing. Yeah, the whole the whole adoption part of his life is kind of well, it would be kind of sketchy because it's not really supposed to be public right. knowledge. So, at, at most, it's speculation. Well, and that girl, uh, the the one that he adopted after the death of the other one, her name right. was Susan, okay, Suzanne or something. Uh, June first, nineteen fifty nine, Marceline mm-hmm. is that his wife's name? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, she gives birth to their biological son, Stephen. Mm-hmm. One source says they adopted a black baby named James Warren Jones Jr. shortly after. Another source says that he was adopted in 1953. So I got mixing results. Right. But here's a clip of, I think it's James Jones Jr. talking. Okay. The the documentary that I was watching never like popped up his name. The documentary I got a lot of the source from... It was a great documentary, but they just didn't... You know how usually they pop up the name every time a person comes back up on screen? Right. They didn't do it. So if they did it once, that's all that they did it. it, and I didn't catch it. But here's, gotcha. a, here's a clip of him uh, describing the family. I was the first Negro child adopted by a Caucasian family in the state of Indiana. Jim Marshland actually went to adopt a Caucasian child. The story goes that I was crying real loud, and it, draw, it, it drew attention from Marshland to come over. And um, once she picked me up, I um, stopped crying. My family was a template of the, uh, of the Rainbow family. We had an African-American. We had two American-Asian. 
and we had his natural son, homemade. And the homemade one. The homemade. Right. <laughs> okay, so there's the two Korean children. The, the him. Him and then homemade. Steven. And, the, and we will get to it later. Like, it, the reports don't make full sense. Mm-hmm. But anyways. But that's that's from the mouth of one of the sons. Right. So I'll, so, I'll take that as more right, credible yeah, that's, than, uh, exactly. than the internet these days. <laughs> So, in 1960, the church opens a soup kitchen for the needy and expands its social outreach programs. They also open a nursing home. In 1961, Jim completes a degree in secondary education. So, I mean, he's adopting kids, opening up soup kitchens, Mm -hmm. uh, nursing programs, uh, nursing home programs, getting his more education. Right. That same year, Indianapolis Mayor Charles Boswell appointed Jones Director of Human Rights Commission. Oh, my God. So this gave him a major platform to promote his views on local radio and television. Right. So now he's in the political circuit. Right. The first time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the first time he's going to be in it. Mm -hmm. So he ended up getting asked to tone down his beliefs and stuff, like when in public. And, like, I guess he was getting cheered at all the meetings he was going to. Right. And when they found out, like, they were trying to hush him or, like, trying to settle him down, he screamed out, let my people go or something. So oh, okay. I don't know. That was quoted in several different sources. So I thought right. it's kind of a cornball story. <laughs> but <laughs> trying to trying to be all Moses on him. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I get it. He, he This whole entire time he's fighting for equal rights and, you know, it's... Not only that, but he's also fighting for um, membership for his church. Right. So it's it's uh, it's kind of a double edge. Mm-hmm. So this next story that I, I'm going to bring up, mm-hmm. there's two different versions I, I heard about. Okay. So Jim was hospitalized for a week with a ulcer condition. Okay. One said that he had a regular black doctor that he would see, and they ended up putting him in the black wing of the hospital mm-hmm. because of. His doctor that right. he had. The other was he was at a church with mostly, like, in a black community, I yeah, guess. Yeah, And he had health issues. And when the ambulance took him to the hospital, since they were coming from a black community, they put him in the black wing of the hospital. Right. When they realized, oh, you're a white guy, we're going to move you to the white wing, he refused to be moved. And he began to start making the beds of the empty uh beds and everything and mm-hmm, started mm-hmm. emptying out bedpans of, of all the black patients and you know either way this helped him gain uh, publicity for integrating the hospitals mm-hmm, because of mm-hmm. the mistake and how you know pointless it was right right but yeah he had some health issues for a little while i guess and again he capitalized on it yeah in, in a way you know so apparently some swastikas were painted on the homes of two african-american families Jones personally walked the neighborhood, comforting local blacks and counseling white families not to move. He would also try to set up stings and have black members of the community go to restaurants to see if they'd refuse them service. And he was also writing, like, Nazi leaders Mm -hmm. to see if they would uh, say something negative. Mm -hmm. That way he could leak it to the press. Mm -hmm. So he was... uh, He was going after him pretty hardcore. He was sneaky... Right. Which is funny because later on he has someone that's just as sneaky come after him. Yeah. Yeah. It does kind of the same thing. It's kind of ironic. Right. So most of the white-owned businesses didn't really like him and his views mm-hmm. on integration. A swastika was placed on the temple. A stick of dynamite was left in a temple coal pile. 
Damn. And a dead cat was thrown at Jones's house after threatening after a threatening phone call. Right. Dead cats being <laughs> Man, that's just messed up. <laughs> so uh this is about the time also where he started to fear a nuclear holocaust. He was so afraid that we were just gonna have a nuclear war and it was gonna just wipe out everything. Was this the mid to late fifties? This is gonna be around the sixties. Or okay, so. so it was still Cold War ish. Yeah. So yeah. in 1962, Esquire magazine lists the nine safest places in the world to escape nuclear blasts mm-hmm. and fallout. Mm-hmm. So let me guess: was Guana one of them? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so Jim Jones moves to Belo Horizonte. Belo Horizonte. Belo Horizonte, Brazil. The People's Church continues in India without him as he researches a settlement spot for the, for the church. Okay. He left the church okay. to fend for themselves while he started looking at these... Possible po- prospects for moving the church. Yes. Did, have, where there wouldn't be a nuclear fallout. Did we ever get to California? We will. Okay. That's later. I didn't realize it was that much later. Man, there's a lot of history for Jim Jones. Like, he goes, there's a lot of steps to get to crazy. Right. Uh, He and his family later moved to Rio de Janeiro, Mm -hmm. and Jim teaches English part-time at a university. Okay. Jim felt guilty for leaving his uh, church behind in Indiana during, like, you know, the civil rights movement and everything. So when the preachers in Indiana... In Indiana, told him that the temple was about to collapse without him. He came running back. Mm-hmm. December 1963, he told his Indiana congregation that the world would be engulfed by nuclear war on July 15, 1967. Mm-hmm. That would then create mm-hmm. a new socialist Eden on Earth, and that the temple had to move to Northern California for safety. Mm-hmm. Because one of those spots is in California. California, right. California. California. Do it now. In 1965, they moved to, how do you say, Yukai? Yukai? U-K-I-A-H? Yukai? Yukai. Yeah, I think it's Yukai. I think it's Yukai, California. Uh Sorry, California, if we're screwing it up. Yeah, Sorry. With about 140 of their church members, this was one of the places, like I said, that the magazine said a nuclear attack would not affect Mm -hmm. with the fallout and whatnot. By 1967, the church is growing, building its own pool and sanctuary in a Redwood Valley. Mm -hmm. In 1969, People's Temple membership is listed at 300, so it's kind of doubled. He would buy an old grave... Old Greyhound buses and fix them up and go across the country every summer to recruit people for the People's Temple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jim would also buy time on religious radio stations across the country. He started to convince the older people that giving 20% of your money just wasn't enough. I I was just about to ask, is this right around the time that he was asking for more? Yeah, here, listen to this. Okay. As older people joined, it took a year or so, and he convinced the people that, you know, he was doing so much in the community. And so why not, rather than just tithe your 20%, why not sell your home, give the money to the church, 
And that is what people began to do. Now, in this church, what have we done in a short time? We have four senior citizen homes that are the most innovating, the most beautiful you want to see. They had their own rooms. They had every need taken care of. They had their food provided. They were well looked after. Now, my home is stone blocked, and there's not a piece of new furniture in it. But our senior citizen homes, they're elegant. And that's beautiful. They were giving their life's money and savings to the church, but in exchange, the church was agreeing to take care of them in a community, not just in a nursing home. They were giving up their houses, they were giving up all their possessions, and basically this is when the group started providing for one another. Some still had jobs outside mm-hmm. of the community, mm-hmm. but a lot of them started having full-time jobs in, in the community. Yeah, yeah, they were either farmers or... Well, they were they were volunteering at first, right. is from what I understood. And then eventually, it became their full-time job without them really even realizing right. it. And, and like like I said, they were farming, they were taking mm-hmm. care of the animals, just right. whatever. Um, did they? Did you ever get like a number of what he was estimated to be worth before? No, I didn't. I should have. That would have been cool. One... Report that I read estimated him to be worth about twenty-seven million. Oh my God! Before they took off to South America. Jeez. Yeah, I was wondering if you'd gotten that number or not by any chance. But yeah, that's how much money he had taken from his people before they they shipped off to another country. Damn. Yeah. Well, it got to the point where there were so many duties in the temple that some people had to become full time. So when you were full time temple, you worked about twenty hours a day. My week kind of ran like this. I'd work my regular job on Mondays, you know, from 8 to 5. Then I'd work on files. There were people who ran rest homes. There were animals to be taken care of. There were the publications. Uh, everybody had a job. Wednesday night, we'd have a meeting in Redwood Valley, and I'd go to the meeting for till probably 10 or 10.30. We turned our paychecks over every time we got paid. And then we got an allowance, $5 a week. And Friday, I'd go to work, and I'd get off of work, and I'd hop on the bus or drive the bus to San Francisco. If I had to go to the doctor, was taken care of. I had to go to the dentist that was taken care of. If I needed clothes, that was taken care of. And often on Saturday night, we'd have planning commission meetings till 2 or 3 in the morning. We would always try to let each other know next day, well, how long did you sleep? Oh, I slept two hours. You only slept two? Well, I slept an hour and a half. And then Sunday, we'd have a Sunday morning service, and then around 1 o'clock, hop on the buses, drive up, drop people off in San Francisco, and drive up to Redwood Valley. The longest I ever stayed awake was six days, and that's with no coffee, no, nothing. It changed over the years, but it was always busy. <laughs> Being in an environment where you're constantly up, you're constantly busy, uh, and you're made to feel guilty if you take too many luxuries like sleeping, you tend to not really think for yourself. And I did allow Jones to think for me because I figured that he had the better plan. I gave my my rights up to him, as many others did. Think that. That's very significant, especially later on, all things considering. Yep. They, I mean, he was, they were already giving up everything. Could you imagine having to work 20 hours a day mm. and then getting an hour and a half, two hours worth and of sleep? And then bragging about the, I said oh, for I, six days. What? Jesus. You got two hours of sleep, you lucky son of a bitch. Oh, man. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. 
So he would uh, still hold these healing sessions, mm-hmm. and he would heal people during all this time. Put put the, that heal in quotes. Well, see, you say quotes. One time, he made a lady who was in a wheelchair. She, he made her walk. She was it, he. She was one of his secretaries. Don't even try. Oh, to Oh come play on! Me. You didn't even get, let me let uh-uh, me let me uh-uh, get it theatrical. Nope, I'm not even going to let you. <laughs> uh, you was, let Satan into this house. You can screw off with your theatrics. Hey, no, hey, no, 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 go, get out. Okay, okay. But yeah, no, it, I wanted to be real theatrical with it. So, right. but yeah, he, she did the whole like shaking real mm-hmm, hard mm-hmm. when she first stood up and then right. shook one leg. And then by the end of it, she was running. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it was, it was one of her secretaries and he, or one it, of his. It was not the first time, nor would it be the last no, time that he did this to people. I'm sure there's, there's a bunch of cases of, I him. think he healed a blind woman once in yeah, one of the cases. I, I do rem- vaguely remember something him. like that. Yeah. Yeah. By 1972, mm-hmm. the People's Temple established congregations in Los Angeles and San Francisco. They were expanding. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they, I think by the time it was all said and done, they expanded to like several cities, like a good handful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to say the one in California had over a thousand, didn't it, at this point? Well, or close to by 1973, the, the People's Temple membership was listed at over 2,500. Oh, okay. So. I was way off. Apparently that year is uh, about 80 members left also, mm-hmm, which, mm-hmm. you know, if you doubled your number, yeah. what's 80 people? Right. Let's take a quick break. Okay. And, and when we come back, we'll get more into Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones. The Kool-Aid Man. Don't, don't. Get, get. I didn't invite you in. Get out of here. there fellow podcast fans do you love comic books and especially swamp thing get out of the bayou so do we come check out the parlor pod show the world's only podcast dedicated to the muck encrusted mockery of a man himself swamp thing this is some serious arcane audio we also have a sister show splurch where we dive into the world of comics and all the crazy aspects of life give us a listen at parlapod.com itunes soundcloud our youtube channel visit our site parlapod.com and consider supporting our patreon for some really cool rewards and exclusive content check us out on podcastradionetwork.net every tuesday at 9 p.m eastern join the conversation on twitter by following at parlapod we'll see you in the swamps every year new tv shows get canceled some make it an entire season and some don't even make it that far I'm Ed, host of Unaired, where each week we review a show that was canceled with episodes left unaired, then pitch our ideas for what could have been future episodes of those shows. We've covered shows like Cavemen, the show based on the Geico Cavemen commercials, the ill-fated 2011 Wonder Woman pilot, a show called Look Well, where Adam West plays an aging TV detective who thinks he can solve real crimes, and many more. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, unairedpodcast.com, or wherever you download podcasts. And remember, some things are better left unaired. And we are back. We is. And we're going to get right back into it because we got a lot of stuff to go over oh, before Lord. we get to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. So, October 1973, by a vote, mm-hmm. the church's board of directors authorized establishment of a branch church and agriculture mission in... Guana? Guana in South America, if mm-hmm. you don't know where that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By De- It's right up at the northern... 
part of it's it uh, um, it borders Venezuela. Yeah, yeah. By December, the first plans are in place mm-hmm. to do something there. Right. It's been said that the uh, what what how did we say California Yukai Yukai yeah that's fine the Yukai California location was beginning to look more like a military base with tall fences floodlights and mm-hmm. armed guards mm-hmm. so it wasn't looking real good already for and there by this time weren't there also reports of odd things happening within the church maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, see, that's a little bit cloudy. I couldn't figure out the timeline of that, mm-hmm. so I kind of pushed all that stuff further to the back. But it, there could be some shady stuff happening right now, so that is a good point to make. I want to say one of the shady things was beatings. Yeah, I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, okay. We'll get to it. Like I said, they are trying to create Jonestown mm-hmm. by 1974 in Gowana? Gowana, yeah. In 1975, Jim is named one of the top 100 most outstanding clergymen in the nation by Religion in America Life magazine. Oh, jeez. That's what... He's getting all these high praise. Yeah, great judge of character, guys. Yeah. <laughs> in 1976, Jim receives the Humanitarian of the Year Award from the Los Angeles Herald newspaper. He also is appointed chairman of the San Francisco Housing Authority. Yes, that is correct. So I guess at some point, uh, Jim has lost his belief in religion. Did you read this? Yeah. Was was this when he... Um... Mm-hmm. Here, listen. Okay. He said, a lot of you people, you Christian people come in, you're so hung up on this Bible. He said, this black book has held down black people for the last 200 years. He said, but I'm going to show you this has no power. So he leaned way back like a football player. And he flung it. And when he flung it and let it go, the place got dead quietly. And he waited till it hit the floor. Pow! When it hit the floor, he stood and he looked back and forth. He said, now, did you see any lightning come from the sky and strike me dead? You're going to help yourself and you'll get no help. There's only one hope of glory. That's within you. Nobody's going to come out of the sky. And he said, what you need to believe in is what you can see. He said, if you see me as your friend, I'll be your friend. As you see me as your father, I'll be your father for those of you that don't have a father. He said, if you see me as your savior, I'll be your savior. He said, even so, if you see me as your God, I'll be your God. It's funny, those are the same things I say. Get the hell out of here. So, yeah, mm-hmm. he uh, throws the Bible. Mm-hmm. He kind of, does he denounce religion? I don't think he denounced it so much as he became it. Was he what, man? No. Well, oh. yeah, maybe. Just leave. Oh, oh, we don't okay. need you right now. Get out of here. Shut up. Get out. Oh, 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 no. So, um. I said shut up. So at this time, he really started to push the socialism mm-hmm. uh, beliefs mm-hmm. more than the religion part. Right. And this is also the same time he got really interesting. I I also want to say that this was right around the time his drug use started. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this might that might be a, a reason why he mm. got interesting. Hmm. I, I, I don't really remember what kind of drugs. It never really Methamphetamines. said. Was it meth? Meth. Okay. Yeah. That explains a lot. Okay. I had been in the temple for just a few months. 
I was sent backstage in Los Angeles to to get something for somebody. I don't remember what. And Jones happened to be coming out of his room. And he said, hi, Tim, how are you doing? How's it going? How do you like everything so far? And, oh, I like it a lot. And, you know, it's really cool. I don't remember exactly. And he reached up and kind of patted the back of my neck. And he said, I'll f*** you in the ass if you want. And I just kind of stammered, uh, no... You know, I, no, and he said, well, you know, if, if you ever want that, that's, that's okay, you know, just let me know and we'll do that. Jim said that all of us were homosexuals. Everyone except, he was the only heterosexual on the planet, and that um, the women were all lesbians and the guys were all gay, and so anyone that showed any interest in sex was just compensating. What he explained to each of us, and in sermons, was that sexual relationships were very selfish and they took away from the focus of the church and that was to help others jim was not celibate nobody knew that until perhaps it was their time to find out what he spoke from the pulpit wasn't what he he did behind the scenes so yeah interesting feller and you know the there's a possibility that, and I'm not trying to defend him, right. but there's a possibility that things get exaggerated now that you're a lone survivor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I read a book a long time ago by Chuck Palahniuk, the mm-hmm. guy that wrote Fight Club called mm-hmm. Survivor, and he survives a cult, and uh, he's one of the lone survivors of this cult. Like, someone's killing off the other survivors, so it's only his story that's right. he can embellish it how he wants mm-hmm. you know to make him look there there's a possibility that there's some of this but there's so many sources saying stuff like that mm-hmm. apparently he did this with a bunch of men that were a part of the congregation uh, it was also suggested by some of the men that if he was going to do that that they should use an enema first that's what one of the guys said oh right yeah i remember i remember hearing that one yeah so he would pass out punch and yes. have everyone drink it. Yes. He would tell them after that they would drink it. It was poison. That it was poison. Mm-hmm. And he was doing this to kind of test his people to see how they would react. And their loyalty. Yeah, it was it was mostly their loyalty that right. he was testing. Because eventually he started going, drink this, it's poisonous, I want to see if you'll survive it. Yeah. And they would, Yeah. oddly enough. So now Jim is becoming paranoid. Mm-hmm. And he has these two bodyguard type people. Mm -hmm. And basically their job is to jump in front of him if a bullet is shot at him. Right, right. And like you said, he's doing math. I'm telling you, he's interesting right now. Something just switched. I don't know. It's the meth. I'm telling you. Or it's the devil. No, get out of here. It's meth. (laughs) (laughs) He just wants to be a part of the show. No, no. You'll accept him one day. Uh, no, I will not, sir. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, he he just, he really gets wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the San Francisco temple caught on fire and burnt down. Mm-hmm. So this made Jim grow even more paranoid that the I government did. I somebody had something to do with it. Not me. I, uh, I, I like his temple. temple. Uh-huh. <laughs> that son of a bitch. Fire and brimstone. He had nothing to do with it. Whatever. <laughs> I didn't say my fingers weren't crossed. Hey, get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) I like how how the devil cowers down to you. He's docile, yeah. (laughs) 
so the temple would discipline their members. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is more of the crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. He would discipline the members within within the group. They would all discipline bad members. Right. They would spank them. They would slap them. They'd beat them. The members would have to come in front of the whole congregation and, and admit all the things that they done wrong, all their right. sins, who they slept with. What if they went out and ate or did whatever they did, uh-huh. they had to admit everything. One case says that they knocked out a man, threw water on him to wake his ass up and to knock him out again. Right, right. Sounds, Sounds like a good evening to me. It, well, it, you have to usually pay for something that good, so yeah, yeah you do. Yeah, it's pretty pricey. All right, now now get out. Go, go, go. And what are their other commission ma- meetings? Uh-huh. Jim was getting notes from a female member. Uh-huh. Well, I guess another member of this commission called her out on it. And she said something along the lines of, I don't know why you keep doing that. What makes you think you have anything he wants? So someone else in the crowd suggested that she takes off her clothes to show that she doesn't have anything. Uh-huh. So oh yeah, Jim, I yeah. guess, you know, he's... If you look at any picture, he's got these stupid sunglasses on, and he kind of looked over them and kind of gave a approval, a, a nod of approval. Yeah, he was not in any way discouraging this woman no, no, from no. getting naked. So. so they made her strip down nothing, uh-huh. no shoes, nothing. Uh-huh. And they basically made fun of all her body parts, her boobs, her right. stomach, her butt, her, her vagina, right. whatever. Yeah. And apparently, you know, she got real red and embarrassed. And, and the entire time, Jim had a smile on his face. Oh, yeah. Like, it was nothing. Like, ha-ha. Like good times for all. Here is, here's one story of how he would treat some women. And he sat down next to me. And I was sitting there and I thought, that's weird. He it, it smells like alcohol next to me. And he leaned over and he said, do you know what you do to me? He had informed me that I was to come in. And, and on bus seven, there was a room in the back, which was like a, for just him. He had books, he had a desk, he had a bed. When everyone got off the bus at the rest stop, I went into his little room and I sat there and waited for him. And finally, he opened the door and... Without any talk or anything, he just pulled down his pants and um, and had sex with me. And as I lay there, frightened, um, not sure what to do, and as I shivered, he'd say to me, this is for you. I'm doing this for you, Debbie. So he's very manipulative. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. like our friend. Yep, just like me. Get the, he, okay, come on. <laughs> You're a different kind of cult, so stop it. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so I missed this in my notes earlier. Mm-hmm. This is kind of important. About that, when he became the chairman of the housing, the authority. housing authority. Yeah. So the reason he got that was because he was helping go door-to-door to get George Moscone mm-hmm. voted as mayor in yes. San Francisco. Yeah. So, like, basically, if it wasn't for... His couple of thousand members going door to door to change vote, help change votes, mm-hmm. voters' opinions, I should say, right. not change votes. It, you know that really helped out and got him. Now it was only by a couple of thousand votes that he won, but still, still was a victory. Yeah, yeah. So during these meetings, uh, Jim would have his followers come and and stand and cheer right. when he was entering or leaving, or if he said something. So it always looked like he, people liked him. Right, right. That's that's kind of you know important. But there started to become problems. Mm-hmm. 
Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back to those problems. Okay. Problems? Did you say problems? I like problems. No, I know you do. I know you do. We know you like problems. Okay. Hey, hey, real quick. Yep. Uh, any plans for the eclipse? Uh, just little blood sacrifice. A couple of virgins. You're a son of a bitch. Couple. Give me a straight answer. Nothing straight about me. It's true. It's very true. I didn't say female. Get, get out of here. Just go. Come on. Quit. to confiscate the humans' possessions. Possessions secured. Prepare the probe. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a hot second. No need for a probe, man. Why are you doing this anyway? To learn from your kind. And to obtain your container of treasures. Container of treasures? Oh, you mean my cryptid crate? Yes, the cryptid crate you possess. We desire it. We've discovered it to be populated with many objects we find most incredible. Correct. The objects in this container cannot be produced on our home planet. Well, you don't have to abduct people to get your own cryptid crate. Elaborate. Just go to cryptidcrate.com and sign up. On the first of each month, a new box filled with amazing cryptozoology-themed items will come to your mailbox, or spaceship. Allow us to show appreciation to you, human, for this invaluable information. Yeah, sure thing. Does this mean you're going to take me back to Earth? <laughs> Not exactly. Life is a mystery. Confusion is all around us. The truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Maybe it was the ghost of an alien that worked for the government. You know, you removed the alien anal probe out of the story and it probably wasn't this guy's worst Saturday night. Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. All viewed through sceptical eyes and the blurry lens of a beer bottle. Listen to Brent and John make sense of it all each week. By subscribing, find us on iTunes by searching Hysteria 51 or anywhere else fine podcasts are sold. Writers tend to be lonely and trapped in their own heads. Daniel Ford and I founded the Writer's Bone Podcast so writers could have a place to share those crazy thoughts within them without being thrown into an insane asylum. Our mission is to champion authors and screenwriters of all stripes. We offer inspiration or a swift kick to the pen when needed. You can subscribe to Writer's Bone on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Head over to writersbone.com to check out our original fiction, essays, boneyard discussions, and more. You can also stalk us on Twitter and Instagram, at WritersBone, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WritersBone. We look forward to your ears, and in the meantime, Sean, what can people do? Keep writing, everyone. Okay, so we are back, and we are going to talk about the trouble that the People's Temple was getting in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do I have anything to do with it? You probably do. Now I want you to leave. Okay. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Thank you. So the uh, trouble had to do... It starts with the reports of the mistreatment of mm-hmm. all the members mm-hmm. and a custody battle. Really? I didn't hear about the custody yeah, battle. Yeah, so uh, there was a lot that there was... There was a lot involved with it, and I didn't mm-hmm. really look too deep into it. Mm-hmm. But it, it just seems like it's... 
someone left the congregation. Someone wanted their kid back. That someone wanted their kid back. So there was a custody battle. Gotcha. And the church got kind of entangled in the middle of it because it's a cult. Right. Some of the people that left this, the people's temple Mm -hmm. heard of a man from New West magazine that was wanting to write an article about the group. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. They Mm -hmm. spilled everything. Mm Mm-hmm. So somehow Jim was able to convince the publisher to read the article to him before it actually was published. Right. He did his smooth talking thing and he wanted to get a glimpse of what they were going to write about him. And and he did not like what he was going, what he read. Right. So he recorded the phone call Mm -hmm. and he also had a couple of his members listening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Halfway through the article, Jim mouthed the words, we're leaving tonight. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Basically due to everything that was uncovered. Right, right. So they flew out six hours before the article was going to be released and moved to Guana. Basically, Guana? the article was going to destroy was yeah. gonna destroy his, his yeah. reputation and everything. So now a group has started back in the United States after they've all moved off mm-hmm. called Concerned Relatives. Mm-hmm. They consisted of ex-members, family members of relatives trying to raise awareness of what was happening in Jonestown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were trying to show the members that they could leave the People's Temple and that they'd be safe outside of the group. Right. So back at Jonestown, Jim had speakers, uh, a speaker system wired up through the entire complex. Mm-hmm. In Jonestown, there was a speaker system and only Jim spoke on it, and it went 24 hours a day, and he would tape himself. So in the middle of the night, all through the night, his voice was talking to you. The United States is calling for the removal of all blacks and Indians, so is England, and want to have their immigrant black Indian population removed in six months. We had no other radio or TV or communication with parents or any kind of, you know, uh, update that could show us really that there's a whole other thing going on besides what Jim was interpreting for us. I make my stand clear. Give us our liberty or give us our death. No matter where you were, you could hear. You could hear it in, in, your, in your bunk at night. You could hear it when you're in the outhouse. You could hear it when you were working in the field. You, you could hear it all the time. At least on those terms, we choose our death, and no one chooses it for us. Don't try to take any of our children. So, could you imagine? You know, it's kind of weird, because this is very... I don't think... Okay, so if they're, these are all survivors. I don't think there's that many survivors. Yeah, because there's 80. people that left before they all moved to Guana. How? They left. You can just leave it. It's like me. They, they just, yeah, but they all left by plane or what? They, no, 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 no. They, they never went. Before they got to Jonestown. Yeah, they never went oh, okay. to Jonestown. They left the church. They didn't leave and, Gowana. And there was like 80 survivors at Jonestown when the the military came in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this reminds me a little bit of Waco when they play shit over the speakers to kind of torture. Yeah. It's, well, it's indoctrination. It's basically him constantly feeding them what he brainwashing yeah. material. So, yeah. So he told them that they couldn't go back home mm-hmm. and that the United States was coming to Jonestown to destroy them. Mm-hmm. The people in Jonestown started to notice that he was getting sick. 
He would of the drugs. Yeah, well, he was making excuses that the nurse was giving him the wrong medicines. Mm. It's uh, called methamphetamines. Yeah, and everyone was turning each other in when they suggested that they wanted to leave. Right. Well, that was another one of his policies, though. Yes, was, that you had to snitch. Yeah, snitch on your neighbor, snitch on your family. He said, I really want to get away from here, and by Christmas, I will be gone. By Christmas, do you want to be gone? By Christmas, do you want to be gone? By Christmas, do you want to be gone? I would ask you, could I go home to make a trip to see my people? I have the power to send you home by Christmas, but it's not on Transworld Airlines. It's blasphemy. It's blasphemy to talk about going back when you have not been given any approval. Do you want to go home? Oh. Well, then be seated and shut your mouth and don't be in my face anymore. Did someone say blasphemy? Yes, someone said blasphemy. Um, no reference to you. Oh, oh get the oh, fuck out. Okay, okay. I think this joke is no, for no, old. go. No, it's not go. Oh, Just okay, go. Okay, okay. So yeah, he uh, is telling the congregation congregation to shut their mouth and just obey him, basically. Right, obey. Yeah, yeah. Typical, basically communist dictator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's why this doesn't work because mm-hmm. he became a dictator. Right. On paper, it was good though. It's always good on paper. Right. But then you have methamphetamines and an <laughs> asshole. Didn't Adolf Hitler do meth too? I don't know if Adolf did meth. I could have swore he did. Maybe. I, know, I know he ate a bullet. <laughs> Supposedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I don't think he did, but you know. So this is the part of the story where Congre- Congressman Leo Ryan gets mm-hmm. involved. Mm-hmm. This would have been a hell of a congressman. Right. I have no doubt in my mind that this man... Okay, I, I didn't do a whole lot of research, but what I did do, mm-hmm. it this man really cared about what he was doing. Right. So, well, and also, um, one of the reasons why he got involved with this particularly was apparently he had family that had gotten involved with cults in the past. Oh, really? See, I didn't see that. Yep. That was one in another documentary I watched. Um, that's why he was willing to fight so vehemently with these guys was because... He had personal history with cults and family, so he wanted to help whoever he could. Well, see, just a little backstory. And what I was talking about earlier of, of, uh, you know, how Jones was sending in black people to restaurants to kind of test the water. This this uh, Congressman uh, Ryan Mm -hmm. was kind of doing the same things. So I don't know what the Watt riots were of 1965, but after that incident... Ryan went to the area and took a job as a substitute school teacher to investigate and document conditions in the area. Isn't that what that new movie's coming out about? Was the Watts riot? I don't um, know. The one in Detroit? I have no... I didn't... I should have clicked it, mm-hmm. but I, I would have fell down the rabbit hole. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> Plenty of rabbit holes. Yeah. There's a lot. And then, like, in 1970, he stayed in a prison as an inmate under a different name mm-hmm. for 10 days in the Folsom prison mm-hmm. while being the chairman of... On the assembly committee that oversaw the prison reform. So he wanted to see what was going on now, in he there. He was dedicated. Yeah, 10 wow. days? Yeah. That's that's 10 more days than I want to spend I in a prison. I would have been like 10 minutes. I would have been like, nope, um, yeah. you know what? Yep. Forget prison life. I'm done. Uh, so Ryan pushed through important educational policies in California and authored what came to be known as the Ryan Act, which established an independent regulatory commission to monitor educational credentialing in the state. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's got some importance to him. Right. 
and see what I had heard is that he heard about the the human rights violations that were happening in Jonestown mm-hmm. and wanted to help investigate. But like you said, if if he had a stake in it, with right. past it was a little bit it, it was a little bit of personal. Yeah, so involved. I could see him. That's why he put his nose in mm-hmm. it. Was more than just like, oh, I'm just being nosy for no reason. The other thing was when I guess the people in Jonestown find out that he might be doing a little investigating. You know, as far as Jonestown went, um, somebody called his office and basically said, either you stay away or you're going to get killed. Yeah. That basically poured fuel onto the fire. Well, and then what also added to that fire, because I didn't I didn't read that, but mm-hmm. it, it, it would add to the fire is that Jim was like, no, you you stay in the right. States. We're, we're good here. And they went back and forth for a mm-hmm. while before Jim was like, all right, come on. We got nothing to hide. It, it, was, it was a death threat, though, that he received. He oh, received was a phone it? call. And he was like, oh, hell no. And that kind of sealed the deal for him going over. Right. This is where everything goes kind of downhill. It goes. But it doesn't seem like that at first. Oh, no. It, it, it does seem like that at first. You just, they were missing the signs. Well, here. Okay. November 13th, 1978, Congressman Ryan and his group, including the concerned relatives and mm-hmm. media representatives, mm-hmm boarded the, a plane to go to Guana. And the media representatives were like from different networks and newspapers right. from yeah. around they the country, Yeah, they had cameras, too. and yeah. there's, there's a ton of footage mm-hmm. out there. So November 15th, 1978, Ryan's party arrives in Guana. Mm-hmm. November 17th, 1978. I don't know why I keep saying 1978. It's, it's the same year. But anyways, <laughs> Ryan and his group visit Jonestown in the afternoon. The people threw a big party with music and dancing. Mm-hmm. I think that all of you know that I'm here to find out more about uh, questions that have been raised about your operation here. But I can tell you right now that from the few conversations I've had with some of the folks here already this evening, that uh, whatever the comments are, there are some people here who believe that this is the best thing that ever happened to them their whole life. So that was actually uh, Congressman Ryan mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. And... You know, he's he's saying, you know, everyone wants to be here, everyone's good, and he's giving it the thumbs up. Yeah, pretty much. Except things aren't as they seem. No. Bum, 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 bum. Dramatic music here. Bum, 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 bum. All right, thank you, Satan. Thank you, Satan. No problem. You can go now. Okay. All right. When Congressman Ryan came, I wanted to pass him a note and said, help us get out of Jonestown. When one of the reporters was walking around towards the edge of the pavilion, I stuck the note in the fold of his arm and it fell to the ground. And so I picked up the note and I, and I gave it back to him. I said, you dropped something. And this little boy about nine years old started saying, he passed a note, he passed a note. Okay, I'm not saying that anymore. <laughs> so they ended up with a few notes apparently by the end of it, like two or three. Yeah. And... They were all pretty similar, mm-hmm. so now they know something's up. Right. They started interviewing people. Mm-hmm. Are you happy here? Oh, I should say I am. I've never been any happier in my life. You want to stay? Definitely. I certainly do. Some people have said they couldn't leave if they wanted to. Do you think you could? Yeah, if, if I really wanted to, I'll, I'm free to go. If I was really, if I really wanted to, I'd be able to free to go. Well, I believe it. I've been here a few days, and... I have, I have absolutely no complaints at all. It is really nice here. It is really nice. And I'll be leaving in a couple of weeks and they could come with me. But they said they didn't want to come. 
isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. People, these people are like, no, everything's cool. You got those notes. You're crazy. This is a right. great place. Right. Again, it goes back to the brainwashing. Yeah. You know. And then actually, a lot of fear too, because yeah, no, yeah, there was a lot of fear from people who attempted to escape were beaten, yeah, yeah, severely, yeah. So around eleven thirty a.m., Edith Parks walked up to one of the news reporters uh, named Jackie Spears. Mm -hmm. I think okay, Spires. I think I think she was a news reporter. Yeah, I I got it. I got it confused. Mm -hmm. Spires, Spears, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she was telling her that she was being held against her will. Right. And she wanted to leave. Yeah. Now, do I both understand you say that you both want to leave Jonestown on this date, November 18th, 1978? Yeah. So, yeah, she's, you know, she's confirming that she wants to leave and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. So Jim started telling everyone that the visitors, they were all liars. Mm-hmm. Then he himself is confronted about some of the people wanting to leave. He's showing them the notes and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Last night, someone came and passed me this note. He's the one that I'm just talking about. Yeah, let's see. This, this is the man I want to know his son here. Doesn't it concern you, though, that, that this man, for whatever reason, one of the people in your group... People was... play games, friend. They lie, they lie. What can I do about liars? Are you people going to leave us? I just beg you, please leave us. Bill, we will bother nobody. Anybody wants to get out of here, can get out of here. We have no problem by getting out of here. They come and go all the time. I don't know what kind of game. People like, like who, who, people like publicity. Some people do. I don't. But some people like publicity. But if it's so damn bad, why is he leaving his son here? Can you give me a good reason for that? You know who he's starting to sound like? Mm-hmm. Who do you think? Um, almost. Like me? No, 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 not like you. Okay, no. okay. Beat it. Go, go, get the corner. Just go. Just go. He, well, who were you going to say? Who does he sound like to you? Almost like um, Koresh, in a way. I was going to say Charles Manson. Yeah, a little bit like Manson. But you're right. That does sound a little like Koresh. Maybe there's something there with that. Um, also, I don't know if you have the clip of the guy who wanted to leave his son behind. Yeah, that's that's who he was talking about. Right. But I didn't, I didn't get his clip. Basically, he said the reason why he wanted to leave his son behind was because he knew of the racial profiling that was going on because his son was was black. Oh, is that what he was white? I thought he was white or Cuban or he he was Latin American for sure. Something. Yeah, he's um, I don't want to say Mexican, but he's (laughs) definitely definitely not Uh, white per se. Yeah, but he didn't he. He says that he wanted to leave his son behind because he knew he'd have a little more freedom here as opposed to coming back to the States and not being Yeah, I can see that. So that was his reasoning for it. So I guess everyone started finding out about... The notes and wanting to leave. Right, and this made everyone panic and and made everyone want to leave. Well, not only panic, but right, like you said, they were it was kind of like reaching attention of like, well, maybe I can go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So Jim... Obviously, try to convince them to stay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A People's Temple member was crying and shaking, and uh, walked up to Congressman Ryan mm-hmm. and said, "You're gonna die, motherfucker." Actually, Satan, can you do this line? You're gonna, gonna die, die motherfucker. motherfucker. Okay. And then stabbed him. Thanks, Satan. No problem. <laughs> so, I don't know why you converse with that guy? Well, he's, really he's not bad. Leave him alone. Not as bad as Jim Jones. <laughs> uh, 
No, no, go. Just go. Yeah. So everyone started screaming and panicking, you know, and I guess a bunch of the people pulled uh, that man that stabbed Ryan Mm -hmm. off of him. Mm -hmm. Shortly after, a message came over the intercom saying that uh, they needed to attend a meeting under the pavilion. Mm -hmm. So... Was this was this after he left? Yeah, this is once the congressman and their crew got away from the pavilion and right. got out of there. Right back to where Congressman Ryan is. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the people that were leaving were at the airstrip waiting on the plane. Mm-hmm. A dump truck pulls up with three men. Mm-hmm. They get out. They start searching the crowd. It kind of looks like they're looking for someone, and they didn't say a word the the entire time. They ended up moving the truck to like cut off the jungle mm-hmm. from where it was and then out of nowhere all these men came out of the dump truck bed and started shooting right. at all these people right all the people took off running to the plane and most of this is videotaped so there's actually like footage and Foot- audio of this right I-, I was lying on my side pretending that i was dead with my head down and They came and you know, shot me at point blank, point blank range. I remember someone coming to me and telling me the Congressman Ryan was dead. But I was at a point where I didn't know how much more time I was going to be alive. You know, I could have just read this encounter. Right. But it's so much crazier to hear that this this isn't a movie. Like, this, this happened. This happened. She was shot, pretended to be dead. I don't know. I've never been shot, so I don't right. know what the pain is like. But anytime I get a paper cut, that fucking hurts. I couldn't imagine having a gaping hole where there's a bullet wedged in your body somewhere mm-hmm. if it didn't pass through. And trying to just lay there calmly and pretend to be dead. Right. Only to come get shot again to pretend to be dead again. <laughs> again, Yeah. There is, I couldn't read this. Like, I mean, I just, I felt like it needed to be from her mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's why I had to play it. That's this documentary. It wasn't a great documentary, but there was so much good in it. Right. And I, I just felt like I can't say all this. You got to hear it because this is not a movie. I don't know. I just, it's, it's nuts. So now you have, now you have five people on the, on the runway dead. Mm-hmm. So what happens next? Back at the compound. Oh, including the, as a senator, a United States senator. Oh, was done. it? Yeah, Ryan died. Oh, congressman. Oh, yeah, congressman, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. You, I thought there was someone else there. I oh, like, no, I apologize. Shit, I it was com- big. It was Congressman Ryan and four other reporter yeah. types, media types. So, back at the compound, mm-hmm. Jim Jones told the people that the congressman was dead. Mm-hmm. And also said, you think they're going to allow us to get by with this? You must be insane. They'll torture some of our children. They'll torture our people. They'll torture our seniors. We cannot have this. If we can't live in peace, we're going to die in peace. They're not going to let us live in peace, but we're going to die in peace. That's right. That's what he says. Yeah. So Christy Miller uh, tried to stand up to him and talk him out of some of the things that he is wanting to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. die in peace like if we can't live in peace we're gonna die in peace mm-hmm. she tried to give him some of the alternative ideas he had had about moving to russia and talk him down from you know like i said doing anything else right here is christy miller anyone that has any dissenting opinion please speak 
And we destroy ourselves with the defeated. We will abandon the enemy to defeat us. I look at all the babies and I think they deserve to live. I do. You know? They deserve, but also they deserve much more than they deserve peace. We all came here for peace. Is it too late for Russia? Listen to you. You asked me about Russia. I'm right now making a call to Russia. What more do you suggest? Christine, your life has been extended to the day that you're standing there because of him. It's a it's a little bit of a hard clip to mm-hmm. hear. I forgot to add that he had the entire place mic'd. Not not the entire place, but he recorded all his his uh, sermons. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. He, yeah. He recorded all kinds of crap. Right. And he even recorded like the last. 20 minutes of their of everyone being alive while they're poisoning their children yeah, yeah and it's it's really weird but so that's where the audio comes from is right it's he everything was recorded right like all the times yeah so yeah that's how they were able to get the the audio clips of of all this the last minutes basically right and basically like i said she's she's just trying to convince him like mm-hmm. look at the babies if you right. can't hear it because it is pretty rough to hear look at the babies is there an alternative and mm-hmm. he's just not giving up on. Yeah, any he's, of it. he's not having any of whatever they're they're spilling. No. So the group was surrounded by men with guns. Mm-hmm. Apparently, none of the members knew about these guns either, or these weapons. That's kind of got the feeling I got too. Was they didn't know that there were armed guards running around. Yeah, he told the group that if they didn't go, they would go that way. Mm-hmm. Which I guess that means they'd get shot to death. Right now. I think they might have known that there were a few guns, mm-hmm. but I don't think they knew the amount like that a small army would have. I'm going to guess that they gave them, handed them out to the most dedicated of Jonesians. Right. Die with respect. Die with a degree of dignity. There's nothing to dare to just stepping over in another plane. Don't, don't be this way. So this is a. Uh... When he starts poisoning everyone? He started with the children first. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Nearly 300. Yeah. Well, one of the survivors makes a good point that he doesn't call this a mass suicide. Mm-hmm. Like He calls it a mass murder. Right. And because these people had no choice. At it's this a, point, they mm, have no choice. Right. We laid it down. We got tired. So Jim says, we didn't commit suicide. We committed an act of revolutionary suicide protesting the conditions of the inhumane world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a ton of audio of mm-hmm. this. There's there's that I, that I refuse to listen to. Yeah, there's the audio of him mocking the kids, going, Mommy, mommy. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of really sick and twisted things. Very dark things. And you know they they did they did do the children first right and okay so what ends up happening is when when some of these people their children are, have been poisoned they get that it's like they get a guilt and they're like if if my child has died I don't want to live anymore ba- so they take the the cyanide also right basically what he did was he guaranteed that the parents of these kids would take poison because they they had nothing to live for at this point right exactly so it was it was strategic. 
on Jim Jones's part to poison the kids first. Uh, that makes me sick. Yeah, I know, right? There's I won't I won't get real into detail, but there's one man talking about his wife and, and mm-hmm. son mm-hmm. who was just a couple of years old. Yeah. And uh he talks about he held his son in his arms. But he wasn't. He didn't provide the poison. Right. Someone else did. And when he got to them, it was too son, late. It was too late, and he, he, there was foam coming out of his mouth. And, right. Ugh. And so that's fucking I think heartbreaking. That, I think that was the same guy that said he sat there, put his kid down, and he said he just stood up and walked out, and nobody stopped him. Yeah. Because there was so much chaos going around, <sighs> and then that that fucking coward Jim Jones gets executed. Now, see, here's some weird. This, there's some conspiracy to this, too. Mm-hmm. Some people think that he was executed, like you said, a, a bullet sh- was shot. I don't know. I guess he was shot in the head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some think that he did it himself just because it, it's at an angle where he could have done it himself. I don't think he did it himself. Probably not. I don't think I, he I, did. I think he was so much of a coward mm-hmm. that he didn't want to take the coward's way out. Right. I think he had someone execute him, and then that person right. drank. Their version, their portion of the Kool-Aid. So, in total, 909 uh, People's Temple members passed away. Mm-hmm. Plus the five on the runway. Five. So. And then how many of those were kids? You said about 300 or so? Roughly. Like I, I kept hearing anywhere from like 250 to 300 children right. were poisoned out of that group. So, approximately 80 Jonestown residents, including three of Jim's sons, mm-hmm. which, did he have three sons? At this point, he did because he had more natural children, I think. Okay. See, that's that's what I was getting confused at with mm-hmm. his adoption and every, whatever. But, he had a few more. He had a few more from what so I understood. three of his sons survived mm-hmm. and uh, because they were away at a basketball game. Yes. Or something like that. It was that. like so, a basketball camp that the, 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 the community had. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's Jonestown. Mm-hmm. And there's some conspiracies about like the CIA being involved, and uh, because of of Congressman Ryan, he had some beef with the CIA or something. Mm, wouldn't surprise me. I didn't get into it because this is heavy as it is, right? Like, right. there's no sense in trying to pull in like extra conspiracies to the conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, I, it's not really a conspiracy. It's just straight up fucked up, straight up murder. Yeah. Well, the only thing I, I would really want people to change is they need to stop calling it the Jonestown suicides and start calling it the Jonestown mass murder. Yes. Because that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is where, obviously, this is where the drink the Kool-Aid, because when they, mm-hmm. when they, oh, that's a, another thing. Mm-hmm. So, apparently, the bodies of all these people were in that hot uh, South American, mm-hmm. you know, it's hot. So, only about 11 of the bodies or something like that were able to have autopsies. Really? So they didn't really get to autopsy everyone. So there's a belief that maybe they didn't even drink the Kool-Aid. Like some probably did, mm-hmm. but some may have been injected against their will. Actually, right. Um, Something weird like that. I don't remember all the details. I on thought that. one of the survivors witnessed them injecting people who weren't willing to do it. Ah, uh, see, I don't. I didn't hear that. But I just remember hearing that was one of the many beliefs that it's possible that they didn't even drink Kool Aid. Now that you say that, and I it do wasn't Kool Aid. No, it was like a it was like a fruit drink. It was, um, but it wasn't Kool Aid brand. No, no, no. It was not the Kool Aid brand like everyone thinks. Right, but yeah, it was uh, Flavor Aid. Fla- okay, grape okay. Flavor Aid. Okay, yeah. yeah and yeah. at one point, someone asked. I don't know if it was Jim that asked, 
But he was like, is there any way we can make it taste less bitter? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is fucked up. And right. I guess that's why they poured the purple flavor aid in there. Right. So if you say that this is a mass suicide, you're wrong. If you say that it was Kool-Aid, you're wrong. Right. You're close, but still wrong. So, so the, and just remember that if, if you use the little joke, uh, you know, don't drink the Kool-Aid, you're talking about 300 dead children. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a joke. And it's funny when you don't know this story, because it's no longer funny to me. No. I mean, no. I'll probably end up saying it still, but like, and then I'll be like, oh, oh that yeah. sucks. 900 people died for this stupid joke. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, Jonestown. Do you know, do you know why they picked Guana specifically? Were they, do you know why they were located right there? Well, it was just one of the spots that wouldn't uh, be affected by. There's more to that. Ooh. Yeah. Enlightened. Guana was okay with them moving in because where they were positioned was right on, right on the border near Venezuela. Right. At the time, they were afraid Venezuela was going to invade. Oh, so they were like the buffer mm-hmm. <laughs> between them. They put a thousand meat shields, American meat shields, in between them and what could have been a, a meat shield. Yes. I, like I know you do. I've seen your history. Now go away. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, the, they, that's why Guana was like, cool. You want to move in here? Well, we'll we got it, fam. We that's got crazy. Mm-hmm. And then for them to be allowed to become a sovereign nation and to ignore a lot of the shady shit that was going on, he basically right. started paying off like Guana officials, and he'd have them over and he'd whore out some of his his congregation to oh, him. Oh wow! Oh yeah, he did some he did some shitty things you know, to his peeps. I, I feel like we covered this pretty well because I mean I watched a documentary. Mm-hmm. I, I I watched a couple documentaries. I read all kinds of stuff to make sure I got everything in line. I found right. a timeline website that had his stuff in, in a timeline. Like, mm-hmm. I cross-referenced a lot of this, but I still think we missed a lot. I'm sure we missed a lot. Oh, yeah. Actually, you you hit the key points. I miss a lot of the political stuff because I'm I'm a dummy. I don't know much about no politics. Right. I'm a simple man. Yeah, but I find it kind of weird that a lot of these weirdos, I mean, look at Gacy, and now look at this guy. And wasn't even Dahmer kind of sort of associated with, like, his local politics? Nah, you know, I don't remember about Dahmer, but yeah, Gacy definitely was. These these guys... Well, da, it's, um, it's power. Didn't Dahmer have his picture taken with, like, a senator or something? Oh, uh, he made it to the White House uh, with the vice president or something. Yeah, see? so they, They're smooth talkers. They managed to get in, but it's weird because they managed to get in close to these politicians somehow. You know what I mean? Are you saying politicians are evil? I, I can, can confirm, confirm that, and yes, they all are. Thank you, Satan. No problem. I do appreciate you coming on to verify that. I can be honest sometimes. There you go. I'm a good guy. Uh, I still don't trust you, Neko. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. Anyway, so yeah, I just find it kind of odd, and to to reiterate what Satan just said, yeah, maybe they are. Maybe there is a little weird connection. Right. Between these psychos and politicians, no, no, it's a uh, it it is odd, mm-hmm. very odd. I've noticed a trend. <sighs> this is just so depressing. Oh, I know. I, I was depressed after doing all this research. And and to bring up something I was going to tell you earlier, the parallels between this group and another group that I've noticed, the way they brainwash, the way they turn family against each other, the way they turn each other in. You know who that reminds me of now? Hmm. Scientology. Ah, uh, see, okay, we were off microphone when we mm-hmm. had this conversation. That's mm-hmm. who I thought you were going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
if you hear some of the stories about Scientology, is they're like almost this? they're almost Ooh. identical. Yeah, I don't. Uh, this the difference is Scientology has a much better PR department than Jim Jones did. So right, and they got Tom Cruise and his money. They got a lot of Hollywood. In their yeah, they got a lot so, of Hollywood. Yeah, I think other than that, there would be a lot of Kool Aid drinkers in Scientology. <laughs> to be honest. Well, Kristen kind of passed out on us. Not kind of. She's full-blown done. You might be able to hear her snore, but or you may have heard her snore. Eh, maybe in a clip. But I think we should just wrap this up. Yeah. I don't have any more jokes. Or, no. I'm just no. kind of bummed out. And I'm sorry if we bummed you out on this episode. If, any, if anything, it, it informs people on what actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. Because I really didn't know this much happened. I right. Didn't, to be honest... I thought this all took place in the United States. I did too. I had no idea that it even went out of the country. I thought it was California. And there's a movie on Netflix, mm-hmm. and I believe it's called The Sacrament. Mm-hmm. It's an, I guess it's an Eli Roth movie. Oh God! Which and it's produced by him, right? Or something like that. He's got his name on it. Mm-hmm. And when I watched it, I was like, "Oh, this is loosely based on uh, Jim Jones." Jim Jones. Yeah. And it is, but it's like an updated version because like a, it's just as fucked up as what we just talked about. Like a modern day version of Yeah, like Jim if Jones's you if, if they would have had cell phones and stuff, like that's the right. only thing that they modernized. I didn't realize that it's almost directly the story. Oh wow, that's it's crazy. Nuts. But anyways. Alright. You wanna say goodbye? Goodbye. Everyone. Good. Have a good night. Goodbye. Adios. No, See you later. See you in hell, motherfuckers. You don't count. Bye. Hell doesn't exist. Yes, but hey, man. Yeah, you heard me. That's not cool. I called you out. When I bring you down there, good luck with that. You will cook. No, God, what? No, I mean, you're going to cook for me. Oh, you're going to be my slave. I can make some eggs. <laughs> I know Satan loves eggs. I do love eggs. See, there you go. Okay. Good, All right. good, good night. Good Goodbye. Good, good afternoon. See you later. Ciao. Ciao. We appreciate you listening to the show. As always, please make sure that you're subscribed to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, the Satchel app, subscribe to our YouTube page, and make sure you leave us a review. We are proud members of the Dark Myths, so go to darkmyths.org and go find another awesome podcast. They have a Facebook group, so go search for Dark Myths. They also are on Twitter, at Dark Myths Pods. So go follow and like them. But for us, you can follow and like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Secret Transpod. You can email us, secrettransmission at hotmail.com. And you can leave us a voicemail. And that number is 304-602-7444. Now I've got two voicemails that I'm going to play real quick. So let's get to them. Hey guys, this is Ray. Um... I have been catching up on episodes from the past, and first thing is I was listening to the coder, and God, is that confusing, um, but you guys are cracking the code, so I hope the next part two is where you guys crack that mystery, um, and then I listened to the the Russian hikers, or Soviet hikers, actually. And I gotta believe that that's an avalanche. I know, uh, aliens are good, uh, conspiracy theory there, but, I don't know, that, 
the Sona tent is just too much. Um, and as always, Toby, Kristen, Rudy, you can just keep on doing what you're doing. Until next time. Well, thank you, Ray, for the phone call. And he's talking about our Coder episode. And since he's left that voicemail, I, I know that he uh, he heard part two. So if you never listened to our Coder episodes, we um, we had someone leaving us some really odd, suspicious uh, messages that we had to crack. Some were in Morse code, some were in uh, just all kinds of weird stuff. And uh, it's a two-parter. It's a kind of it's kind of long, and uh, it's it's got a fun ending, I think. And then Day Twelve Pass. That's one of my favorite topics. Uh, I just recently bought the Kohalt game, so I'm I'm hoping to play it. And I think that in that Kohalt game uh, for PS4, it's kind of got like a Native American kind of uh, spirit type thing involved in it. So maybe that's a new twist that we didn't look into. Is there's some kind of Native American? presence there but i like to believe the aliens because you know that makes it more fun and interesting so anyways let's get to the next call thank you ray we appreciate it as always so here's the next call greeting secret transmission podcast from wasilla alaska this is Kristen's friend bobby uh once again Kristen, please speak up and speak your mind um you won't get in trouble with me if um you want to fire back off at me and for the record, I didn't pay to be mean to you on Twitter. I did that shit for free. So, all in good fun. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy your podcast. Enjoyed listening to you and Blurry Photos all the way through Canada while there was no radio signals. So, um, got me all the way up here from Texas to Alaska. So, keep up doing what you're doing. Enjoy your show. Y'all have a good day. Well, thank you, Bobby. And I'm glad you made it up there safely. And I'm glad that we uh, we could be in the car ride all the way up there. And uh, we we appreciate the uh, the free jabs on Twitter, so keep them coming. But if you want to pay more, you you can definitely pay more to uh, say even more mean things to us. We don't mind that at all. But that's gonna be the end of the episode. If you want to leave us a voicemail, it's three zero four six zero two seven four four four. All the links are gonna be in the show notes. Uh, where you can order a t-shirt if you want one or our patreon account but you know don't donate to our patreon right now the the folks in houston that's that's the best place to go so instead of donating to us our in our patreon this month go donate to a houston fund i think that would be a lot better than our rinky dinky podcast so that's gonna do it we hope you come back next week and listen to us try to explain the unexplainable I'm scary Terry, bitch. Oh, you guys. This is gonna go in the outtake. Oh, yeah. Scary Terry. Okay. So. I'm sorry, that's so funny. Uh, scary Terry. Have you ever watched. Have you watched yeah, it? Yeah. Oh my god, have you watched freaking uh Rick and Morty? Rick and Morty? Yeah, yeah. Scary Terry. Which one's Scary Terry? <laughs> you don't remember Scary Terry? No, I don't remember Scary Terry. Oh, it's when they go inside the dreams and uh 
Oh my the, god, the, the, yes. It's, yes. It's the Inception one. It's kind of like uh, um, Freddy Krueger. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like all like. He has like uh, what is skin tag syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> he's like yeah. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, and everything he he does, it's he goes Bitch. and the teacher in his nightmare, the teacher's like, "Bitch, that's all you got. That's the best right. you can come up with." Right, right. right. Anyways, so yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, okay. I'm having a hard. Is this an episode of the derailers? Because I've derailed this completely. <laughs> no, Satan derailed it. You Satan. have nothing to do with it. Leave Satan out of this. I'm trying to go to the restroom. Don't call me again. Jesus. I'm sorry. No, Satan. <laughs> yeah, Jesus had nothing to do with this. Oh my gosh. I almost fucked up really bad. Tell me more. <laughs> And then the other day I was like, oh, mind Hitler. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I'm fucked. If somebody yep. figures this out. Because yep. I was like, he's doing good down here. Don't worry about him. Right next to Rasputin and Napoleon. Yeah. So I was like, oh, God. This is going to be an oh, ongoing bit. Oh, now. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And then I was like, um, well, probably the blonde-haired, blue-eyed chick probably shouldn't say, oh, I'm Hitler. No, no, not a good, not a good call. Okay, this one's going to be a long episode, so okay, we need sorry, to, we need, sorry, no, no, I'm you're sorry. fine. We, but, sorry. <laughs> 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 